good morning. And you at home, good morning. We are glad that you are here. It was good to be away, but it's so good to be home. And we're starting this new sermon series called Fruitful today. I'm going to be reading in Galatians chapter 5, beginning with verse 16. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. Some versions say, so you do not do what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Our Heavenly Father, how we pray that you would speak to us today. Just as as Norm prayed earlier, remove all distractions. Help us to be like young Samuel in the Old Testament. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Help us not to worry about how much snow we have to shovel when we get home or what's on the grocery list or what we're going to have for lunch today or who's going to win the football games tonight. Help us to be focused in on you and what you would have in this divine appointment for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. I don't think it's an accident that you're here. I don't think it's an accident that you're joining us online today. I think God does have... A divine appointment for us as we dig into his word. Now, my plan for this this, this fruitful series is dealing with the fruit of the Spirit, as you heard from the bumper. Uh, And and the plan was, you know, there's nine in there, nine attributes. And and so the plan is each week we take one. Uh, Today is love. And so we talk about loving. You need to be more loving, loving, loving. And then you go home and you're shoveling your snow and you're not very loving when you do it. And you come in, you're cold and cranky. And you're, you know, your spouse says, how about doing this? You say, well, I just been shoveling the snow and I don't want to. What the preacher talk about? I don't know. And then next week it's joy, and you come here, and I say joy, 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 down in your heart, joy, you got to have more joy, and you go to the restaurant, and the waitress is slow, and the food is cold, and the price is too much, and uh, what the preacher, preacher about today, I think it's be more joyful. Uh, you know, but I don't think that was Paul's intention to, to, to treat these, the fruit of the Spirit, like, like you're going to the grocery store, like you're going to Kroger and picking up, you know, some uh, apples or oranges or grapes. Some people, when, you know, Carla drags me kicking and screaming, I'll go to the grocery store with her. And when I'm with Carla, um, I have plenty of time in the fruit section because she is worse than the USDA. I'll tell you that, she goes up to the apples and she examines each apple and she puts it in the cart and then she'll go to the grapes and she'll look them over. Sometimes she sneaks a bite of a grape to see if it's good or not. I don't know if that's stealing or not, but that's what she does. Is it good? Okay. 
And, you know, and she'll, she'll take the, she's taught me this, you take the strawberries and you hold up that plastic container and you take a big whiff and if you smell plastic container, don't buy it. If you smell strawberries, buy it. That's the lesson. Now, when, I mean, she just sends me with a list to go to the grocery store. This is what happens. She tells me to get apples. I grab apples as quick as I can. I grab strawberries as quick as I don't smell. I don't hold up. I don't examine. They just go. If she, unless she tells me what brand of apple, I don't care if it's delicious or Ida Red or Granny Smith or any of the others. I just grab apples and go. My job is to get in that store and out of that store as fast as possible. Not Carlo. And, and these fruit of the Spirit isn't that same way. It's like, well, okay, I need to be more loving. I know I need to be more loving. I need to be more joyful. I could be more jo- Peace, I could show you. Patience and all. Lord, don't give me patience. I know how you get patience. That's being in impatient circumstances. Don't give me that, Lord. I got plenty. But I don't think that was Paul's point here. How many here, let, let me ask it this way. How many fruits of the Spirit are there? I asked that to my Tuesday morning group. It's a trick question. Because Paul says this, but the fruit of the Spirit is, not the fruits, plural, of the Spirit are, the fruit of the Spirit is, singular. It's, it's not I need to be more loving, more joyful. The, the idea I think that Paul is trying to get at in this singular list is the fruit of the Spirit is the life quality that the Holy Spirit wants to infuse in each one of us. It's the Spirit-filled life. When we talk about the fruitful life, what we're really talking about is the Spirit-filled life. How do we have a fruitful life? It's having a Spirit-filled life. In this passage, in verse 16, he says, walk by the Spirit. In verse 18, he says, be led by the Spirit. In verse 25, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. It's living the Spirit-filled life. That's what a fruitful life really is. And so each week, really, we should take a life circumstance and put it into to our everyday uh, uh, living, our everyday life, and and go with it from, from there. It's not appropriating just one or the other. It's appropriating all of these as we're living the Spirit-filled life. So, for example, on my blog uh, a couple weeks ago, I wrote about if you have a friend that's losing their faith, how do you uh, approach them? How do you deal with them? And really, it's applying these attributes of the fruit of the Spirit. I wrote, you need to love them. Don't stop loving them. Whatever you do, keep on loving them. You need to remind them of the joy that they once had in the Lord. They had joy at one time, and now they're not experiencing that. Remind them of the joy. Pray that the peace of God would overtake them. Be patient. Doesn't happen overnight. Be patient with them. Keep showing kindness. Don't give up on kindness and goodness. You know, just be generous with good things. Keep being faithful. Don't lose faith yourself. Keep looking to the Lord Almighty. No rushing, no rushing, no bullying, no cajoling. Just be gentle, be gentle. And finally, exhibit exhibit a a self-control. When they say something that you disagree with, don't, you know, just think first. When they say something that's aggravating, just think first. When they say something that makes you want to get defensive... Just think and pray and wait and then respond, the fruit of the Spirit. We could apply this to everything. Really, if we were being true to 
to Paul, I think what we would do through these next eight weeks after today, we'd just take life circumstance and say, all right, how can, how can I apply a spirit-filled life to that life circumstance? You know, when something happens, how can I apply this to that? For example, if we wanted to get real, 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 you know, if your kid or grandkid came home from college struggling with their sexual identity, what do I do? Well, I need to be loving. That's first. And I still need to be joyful because I know the Lord is at work. I need to pray for peace in the midst of this. I need to be patient. Just slow down, be patient. Show, show goodness and kindness and gentleness and a whole lot of self-control. It's allowing the Spirit to work in all life circumstances. That's what the fruitful life is all about. It's applying all of these. Since we live by the Spirit, verse 25, let us keep in step with the Spirit. We need to live by the Spirit. My goal, so here's the goal for the next uh, eight more weeks after today. I'll give you the secret. The goal is not that you'll be more loving or joyful or, or, or kind or any of the rest. The goal is you'll be hungering for the Holy Spirit deep in your soul. That you will be craving that God would do a work so deep within you that, that you don't have to think, oh, I need to be more loving that just being more loving is a result. That the Holy Spirit will do something so deep within you that you will exhibit all of these attributes to any life circumstance, no matter what comes your way. It's being loving and joyful and peace and patient and kind and good, all the rest. That's what we're after here. It's applying all of these. So, having said that, we're going to look at one by one. <laughs> kind of counterintuitive. But we're going to be talking about how we can apply these attributes in our life. Well, the first one, of course, is loving. So let's talk about loving. It's praying, search me, O God. Am I loving in all circumstances? Do I love as you would have me to love? What did Jesus say? How are we to love? Well, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. That's what he said in Matthew 22. Just in Matthew, Matthew 22, just down a, a, a verse, he tells us the second commandment, right? Love your neighbor as yourself. Paul says the same thing in verse 14 in Galatians 5, that we need to love our neighbors. You know what Jesus said even even earlier, Sermon on the Mount, love even your enemies. Now, that's getting hard. I can love God and I can love Jesus. I can even love my neighbors, usually. But loving my enemies, too. Or loving those people, we don't usually talk enemy talk. Loving that annoying coworker, loving that busybody at work, loving that uh, a boss that gets under your skin, loving that, that student that you just disagree with, loving those people, loving those, now those, now, loving your ex. After all they've done, loving, I, you know, are you telling me, I just got spirit lives in me and I grit my teeth and I love them no matter what. Uh, that's not what this is saying. It's not gritting your teeth. And if you say it's impossible to love them, I, you're 100% right. 
Because what happens is you determine, all right, I'm going to be more loving. I'm going to be more loving even to that person and all the things they've done. I'm going to be more loving. But they're a knucklehead. They're going to do something else. That people are people and people will disappoint us and people will aggravate us and people and 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 you're trying your best and, and then they do something and blows up and then satan hops on your shoulder i thought you're supposed to be more loving this isn't about trying harder that is not what this is about it's all about allowing the holy spirit to come in and so fill us that his his presence is evident in every circumstance. It's being more like Jesus. It's walking in the Spirit, being led by the Spirit, in step with the Spirit. Not us on our own, it's the Spirit leading and directing and helping us. I remember I attended um, Nelson Kuntz's funeral several years ago. Many of you know Nelson. He was a member of this church for a long time. His, his wife Marge just passed away last year. I went to Nelson's funeral. I wasn't pastoring here. I was pastoring Richfield at the time. And I went to Nelson's funeral because um, uh, Matt, his son, attended our church at Richfield before they moved. And, and Beth Cronk, who attends here now, but back then, uh, I, I was her pastor at the Metropolitan Church of the Nazarene. And so, so I went to Nelson's funeral uh, because of those family connections that I, I knew them. I think it was at, if my memory's right, it was at Swartz Funeral Home. And I think Pastor Hintz is the one who officiated the funeral. And at that funeral, Sarah Cronk, who has since joined, joined Nelson and her grandma Marge in heaven, Sarah uh, did a reading at the funeral, and I've never forgotten it. She got up at Nelson's funeral and said this, Grandpa is patient. Grandpa is kind. Grandpa does not envy and Grandpa does not boast. Grandpa is not proud. Grandpa does not dishonor others. Grandpa is not self-seeking. Grandpa is not easily angered. Grandpa keeps no record of wrongs. Grandpa does not delight in evil but rejoices with the truth. Grandpa always protects, always trusts, always hopes. Grandpa always perseveres. If you know your Bible, you know that she was really reading from 1 Corinthians 13. And wherever it said love, she took out love and put in Grandpa. What a wonderful tribute, right? Uh, a, a, a grandfather that was always loving and all she saw was loving and that she could apply 1 Corinthians 13 to her grandpa. How does that happen? It's when the Holy Spirit infills us and in, uh, 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 enables us, cleanses us to live that holy life. What happens, Galatians 5, 24, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desire. Crucify. Put to death all those old things. The old Nazarene word was eradicated. We don't use that word very much anymore, but that's what we're talking about. The old self setting aside the old self so that we can love like Jesus loves. And Paul contrasts that in this passage with the acts of the flesh. Now notice that is, that is not singular, that is plural. The acts of the flesh. And they are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. Woo! What a list. Fifteen of them. There's only nine attributes of the fruit of the Spirit. There's fifteen acts of the flesh. The sinful nature is what he's talking about. That which uh, 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 perverts the love of God. That's what he's talking about. 
And he's saying we need to crucify that, eradicate that, allow the Holy Spirit to cleanse that from our lives so that the Holy Spirit can be evident in our life. Here, here's, here's, here's the deal. Um, I know a lot of folks who, who claim Jesus and who claim the fruit of the Spirit, but I gotta tell you, they're a lot like my Aunt Thelma's fruit. I don't talk about my Aunt Thelma that much. She was my dad's sister, her, her, his older sister, and um, she was a wonderful lady, wonderful Christian lady, uh, but we didn't visit her as much. We always were, every week went to my Aunt Alice's house. Only about twice a year did we go to my Aunt Thelma's house. And I remember going in her house perfectly. I remember her house exactly where it was in, in Allen Park, Michigan. And we entered the house and to the left was her dining room and to the right was her living room. Uncle Frank's chair was there. Never sit in Uncle Frank's chair. Almost always Uncle Frank was sitting in his chair, but if Uncle Frank was not sitting in his chair, don't you dare sit in Uncle Frank's chair. That was lesson one. <laughs> he could be a little cranky. They only had one son. His name was Albert. Albert is, is, was in college when I was born, so Albert was rarely around. We'd go to Aunt Thelma's house, like I said, about twice a year. If you turn your attention back to her dining room, on her dining room table, for as long as I can remember was a bowl, a brown bowl, with fruit in it. A plastic orange, a plastic apple, a plastic pear, some plasticky, rubbery grapes. You remember those? Aunt Thelma had them. We'd go twice a year, those fruit never changed. Maybe got a little more dusty than the time before, but those fruit never changed. And those fruit were just there, and the next, when we went, you know, six months later, there were the fruit. Five years later, there were the fruit. And I'm no Chiquita banana expert, but that was no Chiquita banana. You know, I'm not, I'm not even that much of a fruit guy, but I knew those, you know, you don't eat them. They weren't fooling anybody, especially as they got more dusty as the years went on. I know Christians that are the same way. Fake fruit. I, I called a guy out for, for one of these uh, uh, lists on acts of the flesh. I thought he was creating a faction. He was creating a faction in the church. And I, I called him out for it. You know, he was creating disunity and whispering and gossiping and creating a faction. Oh, he didn't like that. <laughs> he called me a bunch of names. He didn't like it. And he called a friend of his who was part of his faction and he called me up. He called me a bunch of names too. He didn't like it either. But by your fruit, you will know them. It was, it was just, uh, their fruit was just like that plastic banana. It wasn't a Chiquita, let me assure you. Fake. But Paul here is saying, how, what, what do we do in, in this circumstance? He said, we, we who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh and its passions. You want to live a fruitful life? You crucify those things that draw us away from God Almighty. You, 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 you put to death those things that no longer help you but hinder you in your walk with Jesus. That's what we're talking about here. Paul says it this way, and you know this is true. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other. So that you do not do whatever you want. 
Or like I said, some versions, so that you don't do what you do want. You know, I have dealt with so many, this in, in this case men, so many men struggling with pornography. They don't want to do it. But they find themselves looking anyway. I've known so many people who are struggling with issues of, 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 of self-doubt or, or uh, self-worth. And they know, they know that it's not healthy where they're at. They know it, they know it, they know it, but they can't seem to get away from it. I know so many people who have dealt with things like gossip or envy or pride, and when they blow up, they know that they shouldn't have done it, but they keep on doing it. Why am I keep doing it? And Paul tells us there's a war going on. And what's the answer to that war? It's being crucified. It's saying no to that stuff and saying, God, you do a work in me. You do a holy work in me, not just so that I can be more loving, but so that I can display all of these attributes, no matter the circumstance. You want to live a fruitful life? Well, Jesus tells us a little bit about what it means to live a fruitful life in John chapter 12. John chapter 12 is when Jesus comes uh, into to Jerusalem riding on the donkey. We celebrate it on Palm Sunday. And, and they're all hosannas and everybody is shouting and the world seems to be clamoring for Jesus, the Jewish Messiah. And right in the midst of that, a couple of Greek guys go up to Jesus and, or go to Andrew, rather, and they want to see Jesus. They were asking the same thing that you and I were asking when we prayed. Lord, Spirit, your servant is listening. So they go to Andrew and, and, and Philip say, we want to see Jesus. And so Jesus, these guys take these Greek guys to see Jesus. And Jesus doesn't give them an autograph. He doesn't high-five them. Jesus gives one of the most profound passages in all of Scripture. When he says in verse 24 of John 12, Very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. And... and, and and people are saying, well, he's just talking about his own death. You know, that's going to come in five days. He's going to be crucified, and he's going he's to die in five days. That's what he's talking about here. Well, what's interesting is that he's using, or then Paul uses, that very same language. Yes, Jesus is going to be crucified by the end of the week. And Paul says, those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh. Same language. Same idea, that, that unless a seed falls to the ground and dies. Do you remember what, what Jesus said when he was calling Andrew and Peter and James and John and Matthew? Two-word invitation. Do you remember what it was? It wasn't obey me, it wasn't worship me. What was it? Follow me. Follow me. This Christian walk, this Christian life, it's really a giant game of follow the leader, although it's not a game. And, 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 and what follow the leader does is we think the way the leader thinks. We go where the leader goes. We do what the leader does. What did the leader do? Well, our leader, Jesus, he left the glory and the majesty of heaven to come down to the mundane of earth. Our Jesus went to the cross, the old rugged cross. Self-sacrificing cross. 
And if we say we want to be like Jesus, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, that's how we become fruitful. It's giving up our old identity to gain a new identity in Christ. Our old identity that pulls us and drags us down into the pit and a new identity in Jesus Christ. You don't look at, you don't look at an apple tree and say, wow, what a beautiful apple seed that is. No, you look at an apple tree and say, wow, what a great apple tree that is. Look at all those apples. Wow, look at that fruit. And that's what Jesus is offering us. How do we be fruitful? It's dying out to our old self so that we might have a new identity in Christ. A productive life, a producing life, a fulfilled life. That's what Jesus wants to give us. So that we have so much love in us, flowing through us, that we could love even our enemies. That we have so much joy that even in the worst, worst circumstance, we can still be singing praises to God. So much peace that no matter the storm, we know we're going to slide through it. So much patience that we can wait on the Lord. So much kindness that it's countercultural in our world full of meanness. So much goodness that generosity just flows from us. So much faithfulness that we can trust God Almighty is going to be with us no matter what. So much gentleness that we can slow down and take a breath and be peaceful. So much self-control that we don't have to fly off the handle. That we don't have to respond in the way the world would normally respond. But we can respond as the Spirit leads us and gives us and helps us in step with the Spirit. Well, this series, what are we talking about? It's fruitfulness. But really what we're talking about is the Spirit-filled life. You cannot be fruitful without the Spirit of God indwelling in you, filling you, being in step with the Spirit, live by the Spirit, hope with the Spirit. That's what it's all about, my friends. So if you're struggling with this old identity, you know what you want to do, but you find yourself not doing it. That's what Paul is saying. It doesn't have to be that way. That the Holy Spirit, the living Spirit of God, can so infill you that you say no to those things that drag you in the pit and yes to God Almighty and all that he has in store for you.